Welcome to another Digital Tourism Show. And in this video, we'll be hearing from Karen Tobin, who has successfully created campaigns to promote a destination. This destination we're talking about is Argyll in Scotland, and her Wild About Argyll campaigns have been highly successful. So if you want to know how to market a destination, you do not want to miss this video. There's a couple of folk from Argyll here. Dan's here somewhere, isn't he? He's hiding up at the back. And Helen. So, um, do most of you know Argyll? All of you know Argyll? Yeah. Right, okay. What I'm going to talk about is just Wild About Argyll was the campaign that we did um, about three years ago, uh, and we're now in the middle of the Heart and Soul campaign. So, I was just going to give you really almost like a potted history of how they came about and what we've been doing. So just as a reminder, Argyll Niles is a big region all the way from Colin Tyree down to the Mull of Kintyre, but also the one thing about Argyll is there's always water very close by. Um, you know, there's something like 80% of the population would live within a kilometre of the sea. Um, and just some stats there that, you know, we've got 9% of the Scottish landmass in Argyll, but only 2% of the Scottish population, so it's quite a remote area. Um, and also our coastline is more than 3,000 kilometres, and some we have... There's a statistic that claims that it's longer than the coastline of France. It's one that we've still to prove. But it just gives you a sense of that it's all about coastline. Um, 23 inhabited islands, most of which are served by Calmac ferries. We've got Peter here from Calmac. So. Um, and then we've got a lot of jobs in tourism, but the GVA, we're above average in terms of the jobs, but below average in terms of the GVA from tourism. So tourism's not as productive in Argyll as it could be. These stats are a few years old and we're hoping that we're starting to reverse that but it's a long long haul to do that and that's just some stats from 2015 2 million overnight stays 86% domestic so we don't have a lot of penetration from overseas and 500 million total visitor spend back there so um, just gives you a feel for what tourism looks like the cooperative um, it's just the door uh, the cooperative, the cooperative we have, our members are not the businesses themselves. They are the actual marketing groups. And there's uh, 11 groups from across Argyll who are members of AITC. Um, you can hopefully read some of them. But we've also got the Glorious Gardens. We've got the um, Food from Argyll, Art Map Argyll. We've got a lot of the sectoral groups are involved with the cooperative as well. So good spread there. Now, I'm just going to run through these slides because this is just showing what we did in the beginning. Back in 2012, we took the brand identity that Food from Argyle had already developed, did our own brand work. We produced a suite of leaflets because there was no leaflets for Argyle. Did all the stuff you would expect us to do. Um, got a new website going, that was back in 2012, and started doing social media. So all the stuff you'd expect us to do. And we went to Expo in 2012, and we've been every year since. Um, the message has changed from where is Argyll to, we'd like to come to Argyll, how can you help us? But, um, you know, the travel trade are changing as well. Uh, so that whole journey at Expo over so many years has been really quite revealing for us. And we've been doing a lot of work with our different uh, transport partners. So all the stuff you'd expect. The summit, that was us at um, Mount Stewart and Isle of Butte, uh, quite a few years ago, but that's just where we get the industry to come together. Once a year, this year we're up at Drumsine Hotel where they've just built the new multi-million pound investment. Um, but again, all the stuff you'd expect us to do. Um, and then back in 2016, the whole population crisis really 
um, started to show badly. Um, the statistics were showing that there's a real decline in Argyle, that there's a that it was the working age group that um, the numbers were going down. And so just various issues came up with a report, and that report was really homing in in the fact that the future of Argyle really lies in tourism and food and drink, the two sectors. And just some stats there as to why um, tourism, you know, the number of jobs that are in that sector. There's been a lot of investment uh, in tourism, comparative advantages. AIHC was already established by then, and the brand was underperforming. There was a sense that the brand could be doing so much more. So that's just some of the examples of the investments that were happening across Argyle. Um, you've got places like Portavadi at the bottom, Macrahanish Dunes. This is Dunoon Pier, where it's all been refurbished. The airport up at Oban now, um, the tower in Helensburgh, and that's Mount Stewart, where there's a lot of money being spent in the estate itself. So money, money was being spent in the region. Um, but to make a difference with tourism, what needed to happen, and the, the uh, economic report was recommending leadership, there was a need for leadership, and the AITC, um, with the network of small businesses across Argyle, it really needed a cooperative and um, collaborative leadership approach to take things forward. I'll talk a wee minute about the marketing and branding of this below par, so there's scope to really step up a gear. Um, sort out the connectivity and digital issues, which are massive in Argyle, and also um, focus on what the customers are needing. Um, so these were the kind of recommendations that came out from that report. We've all seen these. We've got the rocket, the national rocket. We had our own version of it, but we really realised that we had to prioritise. We couldn't do everything. So... This was us just looking at the things we wanted to focus on, and one of them was growing the brand. And this came from a very simple piece of work that was done looking at the brand performance of Argyle online, where the blue line at the bottom is Argyle, and all these other lines, Loch Lomond, the Hebrides, Highlands, people were just not looking for Argyle online, weren't aware of Argyle, weren't thinking of searching for Argyle. And that's just the same thing where you put the Lake District on where everything else just drops down. But it was a real eye-opener for a lot of people in Argyle who think that everybody knows where Argyle is, think that everybody knows that Argyle is the place to go. But the reality is people aren't searching for Argyle um, at all. So we just explored this whole idea of AITC working through our members. That If we were all trying to sell the same message and working together, um, could we get a louder message out there? and use our platforms but work with our partners. And this is work in progress. Um, we are just working with everyone to try and sell the same message. And that halo effect, that if we're all doing the same thing, telling the same stories, um, better content, improved search visibility, better brand performance. So that, that was the kind of strategy that we'd adopted at that point. But the one big issue we had is we didn't really have much content um, to be actually you know, just making people more aware of what Argyle's got to offer. And we were also very aware that our demographic is, um, the visitor demographic is older. Um, so this is where Wild About Argyle came in, um, which was initially a funded project by Highlands and Islands Enterprise that we believe that we've got very good adventure tourism credentials, but do we? And so we did this 12 Days, 12 Challenges event with Mark Bowman, the world cyclist, uh, world record cyclist, um, and brought him to Argyle, but to take him to every corner of Argyle, to let him see what's on offer, but with a film and adventure crew to actually catch loads of content uh, that we could then hopefully start using in campaign activity. So that's Mark. We get 10 different funders, it was an interesting project because two or three funders approached us once they heard what we were doing to ask to get involved. 
We've got 116 businesses across the region involved and also we launched the campaign in Ornmore up in the West End and had 272 people came to that event, including the media. And just a statistic that uh, Stefan, who, Morocco Media, who did all the work with us, he had 775 gigabytes of footage from that 12 days. Um, I don't know what he's done with all of it, but he's... <laughs> so, but what we did, we got growth fund money to launch the campaign, and this is where all the partners came together to really, can we reposition Argyle um, and get people thinking of it as an adventure destination? And it was really all about pushing it as Scotland's adventure coast. Um, just going back to the... Whether you're climbing a mountain or going kayaking, there's always water as part of the scenery. Um, you know, the, the view from the top of the cobbler is of loss. Um, so, so that was the website. We had work, um, that's some of the digital screens in the Glasgow underground. That was as it scrops two years ago. We're back this weekend. Uh, get cancelled last year because of the beast from the east. Um, so I think the temperature's okay this year. <laughs> but... Um, we also, Mark himself really took ownership of what we were doing. And this is just an example. He shared the main video on his own um, channels at no cost or no charge to the campaign budget. But just there, 143,000 views, 1.4 thousand shares um, just on his own channel. So just maybe illustrating how working with partners where they actually buy into what you're doing. And this is another example where... Scary Vore um, gave us the soundtrack for the campaign film um, as a, you know, just as a partnership thing. There was no money exchanged, but it was launched the night of the campaign in Oranmore, and it went to number one in the iTunes world charts. The significant part of that is it was our footage that was out there with that music, um, with the music video, uh, and Wild About Argyle across the bottom of everything. So people realising that the wonderful scenery that was part of that video was actually Argyle. So again, just raising awareness with a younger demographic that we wouldn't normally uh, have been able to engage with that easily. And hopefully this is going to work. Oh. Yeah, it's going to work. That was the cinema ad we did as part of the campaign. It was shown across the central belt for the full month of March back in 2017. don't know if any of you were in the cinema in March 2017, but hopefully um, you'll have seen it. Um, but that, that was quite an expensive thing to do in the campaign, but um, the advice we were given is it was worth the risk of doing it because when you're in a cinema, you're sitting, you're watching the screen, whereas TV advertising and whatnot, you, people get up and go and get a cup of tea or whatever, you're watching the screen. So uh, we did get feedback from a lot of people that they had seen it and liked it. Now, that was 2017, um, and the campaign, we reached all our KPIs and everything for the growth fund, but while we were in the middle of that, we got into conversations with um, People Make Glasgow, and at that point, they were just launching their own uh, tourism strategy, visitor plan. And one of, well, two of the things they were focusing in on, Glasgow's the gateway to Scotland and also partnerships. And it just, the timing of it was really valuable because we could actually start opening up a conversation of, well, we're right in Glasgow's doorstep and Glasgow's promoting itself as the gateway to Scotland. So was there scope for us to maybe do some joint working? Um, 
And we come up with this idea then of doing the best of both, trying to sell that these two destinations, the city and Argyll, sit right in each other's doorsteps and have got the best of both when you talk about culture, when you talk about food and drink. Um, you know, just both of them have uh, really wonderful experiences that you can do in a day trip or you can actually combine in a joint sort of long weekend. So that became our next campaign where people like Glasgow Wild about Argyll got together, but we actually had... Um, a number of the uh, transport partners joined us for this one. So CalMax, ScotRail, Logan Air, Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Um, but we also then got Glasgow Airport as well. Um, okay for time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it the battery? <laughs> um, so a number of partners came to the table uh, from the travel section, realising that the whole connection between Glasgow and Argyll is the travel dimension. And this became best of both, we were reminded, was the name of a loaf of bread and the heart and soul of Scotland come out of this. This was work that the Frame Agency did with us. And um, just looking at, you know, when you compare the two, Glasgow, you always think of the beating heart of the city um, and all the cultural, the, you know, well the, the, well, the whole cultural dimension of Glasgow. And when you think of Argyll, you think of the scenery of the wildlife and um, the activity side. So just this idea of together, they make the heart and soul of Scotland. So that got launched... Um, just last summer, and hopefully this one's going to work. Hopefully, see at the bottom there that Skerivore were uh, with us again in this campaign, helping out with the the soundtrack. So that that's one of um, ten short videos that we made. Each one pairing Glasgow with a different part of Argyll, um, and just contrasting what the two areas have to offer. So they went live through paid social last just in the run up to Christmas. Uh, they're just really trying to push out this message about the two places on each other's doorstep, but each had an itinerary associated with it, so there was a link through to the website where you could find out more and see what the two, the city and the coast had in common that would, you know, that you could, um, experiences that you could um, combine uh, by doing them over a short break, so... That was really fun. Um, and just we had a lot of fun with this uh, project, actually just playing in the whole um, word pairings. That's Helen, by the way. She's sitting there. Was... <laughs> <laughs> and more to the point, that's Portavadi, uh, Infinity Pool. <laughs> but we had, a, we had a lot of fun with the campaign. Um, you know, just as you can imagine, these word pairings and the contrasts uh, and doing quite a lot of different uh, things with that on social media. We're literally just live with the second phase of the campaign where rather than using the videos, we're now focusing in on the themes that connect Glasgow and Argyll. So here's one about the food and drink, uh, you know, with the seafood and also the, the high tea in Glasgow that's um, up at uh, Blythewood Square and things. But just showing the real uh, quality of food and drink we have across the region. But there's a number of these that are just going out live at the moment. And again, all leading more, uh, leading back to the... Uh, the landing page for the, camp, uh, the campaign to find out more and where these different, uh, you know, just where the different things are. So this is just a slightly longer film, but hopefully 
This one's going to play. So hopefully that film just gives you a sense of how the two areas really do complement each other and there's quality in both sides. Um, everything on the left of that screen was Glasgow and everything on the right was Argyll. Um, so that, that campaign, as I say, is still underway, um, but the big, I think that's been the easy bit, the hard work now is to really start working with 
operators travel trade um, to really start packaging up how these two destinations can really um, sell each other, work together. Um, and having the travel partners, the transport partners working with us is a key part of that. Um, Chris touched on it a wee bit earlier, but we are at the moment looking at this collaboration from Lewistown to Arran. Uh, next year's the year of coasts and waters, which I'm sure you're all aware of. Um, but when you look at the whole of the West Coast, it's a West Coast is a really contrasting region. There's a huge amount of things to do there, but not a lot of people know about it. So again, that's the next uh, project we're looking at, um, just how to make people much more aware of the whole of the West Coast with Argyle sitting right in the middle of that. So hopefully, Chris, that... Um, Half an hour? Not quite. You mentioned them well, it's 22 minutes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got, I can open up the floor to questions. If anybody's got a question, please raise your hand. Jessica's going to run around the bottom of the screen. Does anyone have a question? Yeah, I'm just going to ask the you were you, you, you talked about the um, percentage of tourists that come from domestic areas and also international and obviously the international visitors were a lot more so I'm wondering to what extent with a campaign like this you do target international visitors and what your strategy is kind of to make Argyle more or better known outside of the UK. To be honest at the moment the focus has been on the domestic you know the the east of Scotland being more aware of what the west has got Glasgow and Argyll um, and also just the way the, the funding, the, the amount of funding that's available to take on an international, it's, it's just not feasible with the money we've got. But you could argue that's Visit Scotland's job is to promote Scotland outside Scotland. <laughs> Our job is to promote the different bits of Scotland once people have got Scotland on their agenda. But um, it, it, it would make a big difference. And that's why we do go to Expo. Um, I think we could do Expo better. I think Visit Scotland could do Expo better as well. You know, there are ways that we could be um, better encouraging the travel trade to see Argyll and the FIT and whatnot, which I think are better suited to Argyll in the volume market. Hello, my name is Augusta. Um, I came from Rochester and Kent in London, uh, in England. Um, I just want to know um, if you face any challenges in terms of ecoterrorism in um, Argyll at all. Ecotourism. Yes, ecotourism in a way. Do you explore that in any way? We do, but there's quite a few actual individual providers are quite big into the whole ecotourism thing. Um, a combination of some of the accommodation providers and also some of the experiences that are on offer. There's a new business, Go Slow Cowl, I think they're called. Helen, is that right? Um, they're doing more of the slow adventure and encouraging people to, you know, just their environmental footprint, their uh, understanding the local culture, all that okay. side of it. So you basically fly into Glasgow, then you can get the train to Agel, or...? You can get the train. Um, what you quite often need to do is get the train and then a ferry. Um, ferry, OK. Yep. You, can get, you can be in Isle of Butte in 90 minutes from Glasgow, get the train down to Weems Bay and the ferry across to Butte, and you're there in 90 minutes. OK, um, thank you very much. OK. Hi there, I'm Margaret, and thank you very much. That was very informative. Can I just ask a question? You mentioned that they're, you know, looking at the previous demographics, it was an older clientele that we're visiting. Was there, was there a marked difference after the campaign in attracting 
like a different clientele, whether it be younger, like, did it achieve its um, objective in effectively, you know, highlighting the fact that Argyle had so many, you know, active activities to take part in? It's a difficult question to answer with any facts because it was an awareness raising campaign. Um, but during the campaign, um, the, our Facebook audience switched from being over 45 to under, only just, it was on the cusp, but it did switch during the campaign. Um, and also, I mean, it's anecdotal, but we've had a lot of people feeding back that they have noticed a difference, more people talking about Argyle um, online, you know, the younger demographic and the very active demographic. And we did, um, there was a number of people through Mark Bowman's actual Facebook page and whatnot after things talking about really must go to Argyle, never been or have not been for years. So that kind of anecdotal sense of folks starting to think about Argyle again. Um, but um, I'd maybe put the question back to the audience. That, um, have, have you been aware of the campaign? Are you thinking about Argyle in a different way? Actually, um, I found Scary War at a festival in, um, in England mm -hmm. and I found out that they have their own festival and they're also involved in Tyree because so, I'm a travel blogger to do with festivals. So I find that's a really interesting way of getting young people to get interested and the people at the festival in England had never heard of this band and wow. were then, you know, they found out about this festival. So it's a really good way of getting younger audiences as well. Because the, well, the Tyree Music Festival, the, the warning with that one is the tickets sell out very, very quickly. <laughs> um, but Oban Live, that's the big event that's in, in Oban, and they're now looking at a fringe event associated with Oban and whatnot, so there's a lot happening around. The, but we do agree that the, the events are the way to get people to think about coming. Hi, uh, Ronald, also from Argyle. Um, one of the things I was going to say, do you feel as though that Argyle as a destination gets the support it needs, um, both from a marketing kind of perspective from Visit Scotland, but more generally in terms of, kind of investment in the area? Because um, you know the west coast of Scotland generally has huge potential in terms of tourism, and I think a lot of countries would be making a lot more of it than we do. Um, and in terms of the more active travel and attracting a younger demographic. Again, Scotland, in my personal opinion, is not really at the races in that regard. And other countries go after that market and cater to it a lot better than we do. New Zealand would be one example, um, and they invest in it substantially more than in ourselves, if you look at the backpacker market. And then in terms of Glasgow, um, you know, again, being seen as a gateway, which I completely agree with, you know, you look at things like the hostel market in Glasgow um, is not is not good. It's not developed. I mean, Edinburgh is completely different. But uh, if our gateway isn't performing well in that regard, um, you know, that's another kind of challenge and an area for development as well. But do you think it gets the support it needs from? The simple answer is no. Yeah, um, no, I agree. <laughs> because I think a big challenge we've got in Argyle is. Um, the council, they've, they've got a huge area um, to cover. It's a very remote, the statistics I had early on, they've probably got more schools than the rest of Scotland put together. You know, there's a lot of small remote schools. The road system they've got to deal with, I mean, the geography they've got to deal with is massive and the budgets they've got are not dissimilar to some of the other councils. They don't put money into marketing um, and they don't at the moment see the benefit in that. They focus a lot on infrastructure and things. 
But then, you know, we keep using examples like Yorkshire, um, you know, for the whole Yorkshire, everybody, um, the council, the development agency, the businesses, they're all promoting Yorkshire together. And if you all do it together, the voice has to be louder. Um, we just don't have that luxury in Argyll, but I think there's, a, there's an element of they don't have the money, but they also don't have the mindset either. Um, do you think it's, there's a difficulty, you have regional, or you have kind of a city deals, you know, a billion for Edinburgh, like a billion for um, Glasgow, several hundred million for Inverness, and of course the theory is it'll kind of go out into the regions, it tends not to, to do that as much as you'd like. Uh, do you feel as though there needs to be a, some form of kind of regional deal and more infrastructure investment in the West Coast than there kind of currently is? Could Eira Coastal Waters be part of that? Or? Well, two things there. One is that um, there is a rural deal being considered for Argyll, um, and there's other rural ones that are being looked at. It's the same concept, but across a rural area. It, it's being looked at. What it will consist of, it's difficult to tell, but, um, you know, because tourism is important in Argyll, but so are a lot, lot of other things, you know, and I think that's one of the issues, that you can't do everything for everyone. You need to prioritise something. But um, in terms of the coasts and water, what's maybe worth me saying is that the work that we've been doing over the last year was scoping out what is the offer in the west coast of Scotland. And we did a big um, audit, basically an inventory of all the places you can get on and off the water. And there's 300 of them across the west coast. And then we were looking at and where you can get on and off the water, what is there to do? So is there seafood? Is there a distillery? Is there wildlife? Is there castles? You know, that kind of thing. And the data we got out that was massive compared to what we thought we were going to get and that's why we're now really focused in on this west coast um, how can we use we've got a year's time to plan which is unusual uh, but how can we really make people much more aware of what the west coast has got to offer and make 2020 the year that if they haven't been before they definitely should be coming in 2020 but don't stop in 2020 keep coming back <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I've got this one. One of the list. Oh, yeah. I travel on lot in Scotland. The biggest problem I have is banks. See, like going to the islands and things like that, you have to think. <coughs> you want to advance. And then once you get there, the prices go up. Am I right? Am I wrong? <laughs> I think that's. Well, yeah. But some of the There's islands. There's not enough. I mean, you're talking about attractions. I, I know all those companies on the weekends, right? And I know that the barrier for tourists going to the outer Hebrides. And capacity of ferries? I think the capacity of both. I was going to say it's it, part of what we need to do is try and encourage people to go out of, out of season when there is capacity at the moment because we can't change the capacity overnight. But I think this is something that we all need to work at and, you know, some of the discussions we have, you know, with the council and others is make, make sites, you know, make, make it easier for developers, for investors to um, consider our guy and whatnot. And if they know that there's demand out there that's not being met, then... Sorry, can I come from one question? Because that, that is a really valid point. In terms of just moving slightly away from the Scottish Rail Really, really valid point, and we mentioned it too. Is around the fact, okay, we get them here, but you know, where do we stay overnight, whatever. 
And we're all here trying to promote this amazing country. But what is the Scottish government's? And I'm not trying to get political here. I'm genuinely not. I'm truly trying to understand. Are, are they actively participating and providing enough funding to help everyone achieve the same goal? There was the Rural Tourism Infrastructure Fund was launched to try and deal with some of the infrastructure issues. It was £6 million across the whole of the Highlands and Islands and it's, it's small projects that it's tackling. I think there's, it's difficult to say, I think there's an awareness but there could be a lot more, um, a lot more. And you know, it probably goes right back to the heart of the planning system and whatnot and you know, working out where the demand is, what could happen, where. Um, the whole, you know, there's, there's investors out there, I'm sure, if they were much more aware of what was likely to get approved. You know, you get into the whole argument of that there are investors who do show interest, but because the planning system is so complicated, because da, 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 they go elsewhere. They can spend their money more easily. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it was me that brought the question. I take people on tours and I'm reactive to designing tours for what the people want. And Mull is a common destination, as is Iona, which is an offshoot of Mull, um, Lewis, and so on. And I need to take people in my car and I need to book well in advance. Um, it's there in the summer. Uh, now, you're saying, unfortunately for me, I got a cancelled one out of Auburn. No one's fault, it just happened. And it was very difficult to make alternative plans. So I hear everything that everyone has said, and I'm a great believer in Scotland. It's what my business is about. It's why we're all here. But and I was just reiterating what others said that we, are, we struggle with infrastructure, and I still yeah, think that. Includes, like you, hmm. like you, that's why we're pushing people to book you know, different because in Isla, I've just um, I've just recently booked for a, a golfing thing there with a couple of mates in May, and it was eight plus months in advance, and we're not able to get the ferry we we're intending to get, and accommodation is so like such slim pickings, even three plus months in advance. Um, so the, yeah, I mean it's a real kind of challenge. There. Oh yeah, yeah, no, you can't. Get it. So you're catering to younger markets as well, and more backpackers and more flexible travel styles as it tends to be. Um, it is a real problem if ferries are booked up. And for example, with Campbelltown, the Brosson one, which you know, Brosson uh, Campbelltown, that lost. It's only a seasonal ferry, and for operational reasons, it lost a month last last summer. So it's you know it's really tricky because they're not getting the support they need. You know, and, and, and I'm not naming you. I'm just kidding. It's I'm just for the wider audience. Like <laughs> 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 <laughs>
This is my fifth fascinating about the travel massive events, the amount of debate, like we could probably talk about this all day, but this is my fifth fascinating, so um, I can't thank Karen enough, so can you please give a thank you to Karen. <laughs>